probably like, ah. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Good morning, team. Good morning, campers. <laughs> it's when you get to like three o'clock, that's when I'm like this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like, I need to go and train now or take huge amounts of caffeine because I'm about to crash. Yeah, we were just saying, Andy and I are massive morning people, but by, yeah, I need like a nap after lunch. I, I have a bit of a crash after lunch. How how long? What So what for you constitutes a nap? What kind of timings? See, I say that. I never do it. Like, I, need, uh, really? I, like, I, I think I need one, but then I never actually do it. Yeah, um, I'm that pair. Like, Laura sits and says to me, that's not a nap. I'm like, how's it not a nap? She goes, it was three hours. I'm like, that's a nap. It's not eight hours sleep. It's three hour nap. It's fine. Anything between 20 minutes and probably five hours is a nap. It's great. Nah, <laughs> I think if it's over 40 minutes, you kind of feel quite groggy after it. Yeah, I think you've got that sort of middle. If it's five minutes and you wake up, you're knackered. It's kind of got that magical number about 25, 25 yeah. minutes. 27 minutes and 32 seconds perfect <laughs> i used to be so good at napping when i was at uni because we'd get up really early we'd row i'd go to uni in the morning and then at like lunchtime i'd have a nap because i wanted to train in the afternoon by the way this is what i mean by if you want to train twice a day <laughs> you need to have a lifestyle that you can do that like if you want to train twice a day and you've basically built your life around training twice a day but also only potentially doing what like three hours of uni or something yeah <laughs> then works. you probably can recover from that because you can go for a nap and yep. then go to bed at like i used to go to bed at like nine o'clock shona's hilarious so it's like shona's obviously because we we're back to work in the studio shona's like you can't message her after like eight o'clock like to say what time are we training in the morning because she's in bed <laughs> It's absolutely hilarious. She was like, she was, I'm so sorry I didn't re reply to your message. I was I was in bed. It's like, it was 7.52. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? <laughs> I love that excuse, though. Like, <laughs> I'm like, just call screening because I'm in bed. Oh, sorry. Andy can't reply. It's after 3 p.m. He's gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm napping. Okay, do we want to start with committed questions or the post? Yeah. Let's start with committed questions. I've just got I've got three questions. Uh, okay, number one. Um, why do I... I keep asking myself why I do so well at the start of a challenge or a new goal. When I'm getting close to my goal, I default back to previous behavior and then get surprised when I don't achieve what I want. I don't think it's fear of failure or success. Genuinely think I'm just lazy. You're not lazy, but you might be impatient. Well, you are impatient. And yeah. and I that but that's totally normal. Like this happens a lot. At the start, it's quite exciting. It's new. You have loads of motivation to start with, and then like this is why we're so focused on habits and ingraining these things, and it just becoming like habitual and routine, and like you realizing that you won't have motivation all the time, but that's actually when it's most important to do things, because you won't always be buzzing. Like the first week of commit to six, you're like, oh, this is all new and exciting and these are the things I can do and I'm actually pretty buzzing to try the new workouts and do a morning routine and I'm like really eager to get going. And then, yeah, like inevitably that will waver and that's yeah. when it gets hard and that's what that's what distinguishes the people that get results and the people that don't get results. Do you want them enough? <laughs> nah, it's do, you want, <laughs> do you want me to kill your dog? <laughs> nah, I, think, I yeah, don't I, want I, to, right? But <laughs> nah, you've, you've come across as being a bit of a serial animal killer now. I think nah, I've uh, mentioned nah, it I way think, too I many think... times. It's getting. Uh, quite... I'm worried I about think... myself. 
I think you're right, though. I think the the issue. This is why we see so much. Like I'll probably like put this alongside why you see so much shit on social media of exercises. Oh my god, this built my butt. Actually, it didn't. But it looks good on social media because the basics aren't sexy. Unfortunately, consistency gets you results, and consistency is never is never sexy. It's never it's never buzzing at all times. It's unfortunately at times you're going to have points where you're like, I really cannot be arsed today. But you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to tick off everything I need to tick off in my box, and tomorrow I'll feel better for it because that I've put a bit of discipline in and I'll be motivated tomorrow because I managed to do that in a day where I didn't feel like doing it so yeah yeah and I think to try and or what I always try and do is a bit of a game to reframe that is like the days that you're motivated are easy it's like when we say like your really good check-ins or on the accountability posts like your best days they're kind of fun to check in like it's fun to be like hey Andy like I'm smashing absolutely everything I lifted a PB I've hit every single non-negotiable this week things are going really really well that's great but it's not really the check-in that you need to do like i mean do them for sure and give yourself a pat on the back but the the hard check-ins are the ones you need to do and it's the hard days that get your results as well it's the days that you don't want to do it that genuinely do get your results yeah awesome okay next question um i weighed about nine stone when i was 17 about 10 stone when i was 40 and I'm not going to mention when I was 50. Uh, the menopause really crept up on me. I'm now 10 stone 9 pounds at nearly 51, having lost quite a bit since October. Is it realistic to think I can get below 10 stone again and have muscle? I was very skinny and survived on a diet of uh, uh, survived on diet coke and fags as a teenager. Just interested. How and why does weight change as you get older? Apart from the obvious lifestyle changes, are there any biological reasons? What a great question. I'm I, I'm like reluctant because I don't know your body composition, your height, etc. Like it would be hard for me to be like, yes, you can absolutely get below 10 stone. You yeah. like judging by what you've said, yeah, you probably can. Could you get to 9 in a healthy way? No, probably not. But you weren't in it in a healthy way when you were in your 20s anyway. So yeah, or however old you Was it 20s she said? Yeah, in her teens, yeah. Yeah. Um but what is quite interesting is there is an element of a slight reduction in basal metabolic rate as you age, but this is essentially attributed to the loss of muscle mass, which most of us experience as we age. Given that you're lifting weights, like you might not have experienced that, or you might have even put on muscle mass as you've been aging because you've got more and more into the gym. So when you read things like, oh, here's evidence to show that our energy expenditure reduces as we age that's an average that's on average that happens to most people but you're not an average you are an individual so depending on your actions that could be very different you've kind of nailed it with like i know that it feels like there's probably something more going on than lifestyle but it kind like the vast 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 majority is your lifestyle so you're eating more, moving less, or a combination of both. And that's why you end up putting on weight as you age. But it's very hard not to do that. Like I was just talking about like my standard day at uni and how active I was. Like I'd cycle to the canal, I'd do a session. Sometimes I'd then do another session straight after that at the gym. Then I'd go to uni. Then and like I'd be walking everywhere, walk back to my flat, have a nap, walk back to the gym. Like 
I don't know, probably 20,000 steps a day in like two to three sessions, living like an athlete. Of course you can eat a shit ton and still lose weight or like still maintain a very lean physique doing that. Definitely can do that now where my job is essentially sedentary. Sedentary. Yeah. Well, it's like you look at like, well, you like you look at former like people who've um, competed at like top level sports, and when they stop competing, they then keep eating the same they're eating, and then two years later you sit and go, wow, like they've just gained a lot of like body fat because they're still eating at their athlete sta- athlete um, lifestyle when in actual fact they're more sedentary now. Like, yeah, I think that... and do you think there's a sort of myth around that? Or like, I remember speaking to my mum about this years and years and years ago. She used to be a swimmer, and she was like, "Yeah, when I stopped swimming, all of my muscle turned into fat." <laughs> which that sure, like, sure. which is like, I mean, is it nuance? Like, I mean, that that does not happen, right? Muscle yeah. doesn't just turn into fat. But for the for like argument's sake, like it did kind of like she lost muscle because she wasn't training anymore and she yeah. put on fat because she was still eating like she was training but not yeah. training yeah it's that's it and i think with things like swimming that's especially hard because the training load of swimming is so high because it's like there, because there's no impact you can literally do three sessions a day plus a gym workout like it's insane and yeah. the amount of energy expenditure if you're a good swimmer, there's a big difference between this as well. And people are like, swimming's good for burning calories. And I'm like, well... Not like, if you swim like your grand. <laughs> yeah. Not if you're just floating up and down the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm burning so many calories right now. But fast swimming is so inefficient that it does burn a lot of calories. Like if you did the whole like Michael Phelps burning, what was it, like 16,000 calories a day or something. Yeah. Madness. Madness. Next, next or last question for committed a uh, bit of an abstract question if someone goes through long cycles over time of building muscle cutting building cutting etc will they still be building muscle incrementally over time or would they lose some of their gains each time they cut and have to build back up again or i suppose on a more basic level does the longer you strength train mean you have more resilient muscle oh I'm going to let you go first with that one. Um, so I, the answer, I, I far, obviously fire back answers to this stuff. And what the, when you're cutting and bulking or classing as building and cutting, I don't like the word bulking. It's a pretty, it's a shit word. Um, you will obviously start to gain some muscle, but you will also get, start to gain a bit of body fat. That's just how it works. Unfortunately, you can't do, you can't build muscle, um, and you can build muscle and keep the body fat low but it's pretty inefficient um, so when you cut back the idea when you cut back is to try and salvage muscle rather than uh, trying to keep a hold of it rather than um I, or i prefer to look at it as trying to salvage muscle rather than working about um losing weight this is the, the, one of the big ones that everybody sort of worries about um so when you're cutting back with the idea of obviously keeping resistance training in there isn't about um is about sort of maintaining that muscle mass that you've built previously whilst trying to chip away at the body fat so being smart about it so this you know this is sometimes where you know aggressive diets don't really work because if you've got aggressive diet you're going to end up cutting body uh, body fat and muscle whereas if you go sort of slightly a slightly slower deficit you'll probably hold on to a lot more muscle than you will than you will if you did it the other way so 
yeah, it's um, it's that you will lose a bit of muscle when you do cut. It's just that's just plain and simple. But the whole idea is, is about trying to hold on to as much of it as you can by getting your protein in, getting your resistance training done, and not being too mental with like chucking hours of cardio in there. That's just going to throw everything off. Yeah, I, I wanted you to answer first because this is something you're really good at and have like reined me in on when we were working together as well. It's just like making sure that you're looking at the longer term plan, like building muscle is freaking hard. In comparison, losing body fat's pretty easy and quite yeah. short term, like you can, that fluctuates here and there all the time. And I know that might seem like blase, but it really is. And muscle is so important to so many things. And as a woman, like, just like reminding yourself how hard you've worked to build this muscle and how important that is for your health, especially as we come up to like ages of menopause or if you are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, it's just so important to your quality of life as you age as well. And the more muscle mass you have, genuinely, the longer you're going to live a higher quality of life. Or that's like, yep. that's like the biggest predictor that you have control over. Obviously, shit things happen and there are, there is no control over certain aspects. But that's something you do have control over. And to give that up for like fad, uh, fad diets over restrictive diets because you have a short-term goal doesn't really make much sense. But as Andy's saying, and like to sort of answer the, the question as a whole, yes, you can. I don't know. Like say you had a five-year cycle where you want to build muscle. But during that time, you also want to look your really, or I was going to say your best, but lean. <laughs> you want to look lean in a bikini, all right? And so you want to diet like twice a year, maybe. That's totally fine. That's not really going to impact your long-term growth tra trajectory. As long and I would say, actually, the only time it really does impact that is if you're getting excessively lean for like, and I mean like bodybuilder style lean. Yeah. You, the likelihood is you will lose a bit of muscle towards the end of that dieting phase where your body fat's very low. Um, and you can try and reduce that muscle loss as much as possible, but probably a little bit is going to happen. Whereas if you're just going from, you know, a healthy weight to the lower ends of a healthy weight where I don't know you've got a little bit more definition in a bikini that's fine I don't think that'll impact your muscle growth and I think the only real impact that it could have is but and when when I say this like if you're doing it the right way which if you're working with Andy you will be but um yeah the only thing that might impact is if you cut your calories to an extent that it's impacting your training load and your training volume and how well you're recovering yeah. That Andy wouldn't let that happen, so... Nope. You're fine. We got a fuel training. Cool. Right, that's committed ones done. Let's pop on to the post on the group. Uh, Julia, hi, coaches. The leaner, leaner I get, the hungrier I'm feeling, and it's getting really hard not to spend most of my day thinking about my next meal. I don't have far to go until I'm happy enough to switch from fat loss to maintenance. However, this sudden hunger I am feeling, is this true hunger or is it all in my mind? Now we're out of lockdown and I'm seeing people again. Everyone is noticing, saying how lo really lovely things about the way I look. Is this therefore pushing me to thinking, die, done, now back to eating? I'm worried I've been here before, although never this lean, and I am getting to the end of a fat loss, which, and that is where I gain it all back. Is this whole waffle really just me worried about maintenance? 
Yes, but also <laughs> something you said in there is so telling. <laughs> like the reason that you're putting on weight again is because you're thinking diet done now back to eating unfortunately the difference and especially when you're on when you're working with us like we don't put people in massive deficits which means the difference between your diet and calories and your maintenance calories isn't night and day like it could be as simple as two extra pieces of toast or like an extra piece of toast and like a protein bar in the afternoon or something like when you're looking at it in food it's not the difference between like two massively different diets you're probably going to be adding like three to four hundred calories to your yeah. current diet which might not look like that much um so that would be something to consider just your mindset coming into maintenance like if you're thinking that maintenance is distinctly different than your diet i think that's a trap a lot of people fall into because actually it's all just like slight iteration like we we've got your data now like the habits you're doing at the moment work the only difference between you dieting and you maintaining is a slight increase in calories. Everything yeah. else really stays the same. Now there might be some allow like allowances. There might be some differences here where someone might be like, Do you know what? I really, you know, during dieting, I don't mind getting in fifteen thousand steps, but when I'm maintaining, I just want to drop back down to nine thousand steps. So maybe that means we don't increase their calories as much because their energy expenditure won't be as high. There are little things like that which we will work around because we want maintenance to really fit around your life but there isn't a big difference between dieting and maintenance yeah i would also make the point on this one for julia is the fact that number one uh, you've never you've already claimed that you've never been this lean people are commenting on how good you're looking i think it's maybe time that you look at starting building muscle move back to maintenance potentially a small surplus and start focusing on strength performance in the gym um, this is the whole never-ending question of when should i look at building muscle when should i cut when should i look at building muscle there unfortunately we get this this question will come up time and time again over the course of commit to six and every other commit to six that we do is oh when when is it when is it the right time for me to build muscle well if you're asking me that question it's probably the right time like you've got your head around the fact that well maybe need to think about starting to build rather than cut back and if that's the case your head's already starting the switch so it's maybe time to play back up at maintenance that will give you the a little bit more flexibility we're not saying it's going to give you flexibility to go out three nights a week and have takeouts the rest of the time but it'll give you a little bit more flexibility with a little bit extra calories to be able to to be a bit more sociable or you know to eat a little bit more at dinner time or to add a snack in before bed because you're giving yourself those extra calories at maintenance and your focus is now on performance and what your numbers and stuff are when you're when you're lifting so yeah i think that's a good plan to to think about yeah i think a really good point about maintenance like we always get this question when is it time for me to come out of fat loss and really that's up to you and like we've done a podcast on this the cost benefit podcast i think it's like 180 something um definitely listen to that because it's just a nice framework for you to think about what is the cost and benefit of losing extra body fat now and this is something that needs to be done like numerous times like i would assess that and that framework with every check-in so every couple of weeks because right at the start it might be a complete no-brainer like the cost of losing body fat compared to the benefit 
is is like nothing the benefit far outweighs the cost there will come a point where the benefit doesn't outweigh the cost anymore and i think you're at that point because it sounds like you're about at that point and that's the point which is going to be different for everyone which is why we can't tell you because it depends on your values your lifestyle like so many aspects but you need to decide that point and then we help you from like once you're like yeah i'm ready for maintenance cool let's get you in that headspace we have a question here from Kelly. So after an initial fat loss phase to get to where you are happy definition wise, would that mean it would be best to just switch between maintenance phases and a small surplus and just keep upping the weights to build? Not sure if that makes sense. I, th- I think I get what you're saying. Um, the way I see it is you're always, again, my favorite word at the moment, but you're always just iterating. Once you've kind of got to a rough, and bear in mind, there is always fluctuations. Like you'll always have like weeks where you're, I don't know, have a little bit higher body fat, a little bit lower. Like there will be fluctuations. But once you're in a general healthy state and you're relatively happy with your body composition, you're always just iterating. So basically like, oh, if, if I decide, like I will now iterate for the rest of my life because I'm in a healthy weight range. If I wanted to get, I mean, I'm quite lean at the moment, so I wouldn't want to get any leaner. But like if I was at a place where I was like, oh, you know what? I put on a couple of kilograms. I'd like to get a little bit leaner. I make a small adjustment. If I'm yeah. like, yeah, actually, I think I want to put on a little bit of weight. I make a small adjustment. It's not this huge, now it's a dieting phase, now it's maintenance, now we're in a surplus. Now, they're not distinct like that. Like, that isn't how the human body works. And I think, like, we as a fitness industry have have lent into that a little bit. And I think maybe it comes a bit from bodybuilding where, where people think, you know, you've got to be in a surplus, cutting, back bulking in a surplus. Yeah, you're either bulking yeah. or cutting. And for most of us, for the vast majority of us, that just isn't the case. Like, for most people on commit to six, like Nicola aside, like nobody is competing in bodybuilding. So we don't need to be doing cutting and bulking cycles. And I think that's where people get a bit like led astray. And then also yeah. it creates the fear around coming up to maintenance or, or going into a surplus because they're like, oh, right. So now I'm going to put on a hell of a lot of weight again. I'm worried about putting on a hell of a lot of weight again. No, you don't need to do that. Like, that's not your goal remember your goals your values what's important to you it's pretty much as you said there though like i think the big thing to to try and take away from what we're saying here is is that the difference between cutting maintenance and building muscle is can be tiny can be 50 calories a day like literally nothing that's all you need to think about so don't look at it as a oh my god i need to build muscle i'm going to put i have to eat an extra 2000 calories a day on top no 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 no. you can do that but it's, i wouldn't advise it or not going to build I'm much gonna, muscle i'm going to drop to 900 calories a day to cut to cut some body fat no 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 no, no. like the whole idea of what we're trying to do here is, is we're trying to make it manageable maintainable for life so you know understand it. and this is what we hope for the next six weeks for all of you is is that you know, you start to learn a little bit more and then be like, actually, do you know what? If I just drop 100 calories a day off for the next two weeks, I'll look great from a holiday in two weeks time when I go away. I'm going away for a spa weekend. I'll look great in a bikini because I've just tightened things up a little bit. Or 
I've got, you know, I'm wanting to add a little bit of a little bit of size. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to put either sit at maintenance or I'm going to add 100 calories on top. So it's, you know, it's tiny amounts. And this is the whole thing is it's minor manipulation, not whole scale changes. Because whole scale changes freak people out. Minor manipulation, you can do that. And it's just small, little, little, t- it's tinkering is probably the best way to do it. Tinkering, yes. Tinkering. <clears throat> yeah, I think that is where... I mean, it's glorified yo-yo dieting, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm cutting, I'm bulking, I'm cutting, I'm bulking. Right, you're yo-yo dieting under different yeah. names. Sure. Yeah, and it's exactly as you see, you know, again, social media, you, I bring it up regularly is the fact that you go on there and you see a, a, a 50 kilo female claiming that she's smashing a 5,000 calorie cheat meal every day. And you've kind of got to take that a little bit of a pinch of salt. You know, there's a lot of stuff on social media that's there just to, to for for clicks, you know, and that's genuinely not going to be happening unless she's, you know, there are massively genetic outlying or she's assisting with other chemicals. So, you know, you've got to, this is, this is about... This is about having something that you can work with for life. And the beauty, like, honestly, we just, we obviously finished like, around the Commit to Six just before this one started. And the number of people that are sitting, you know, the, the click that they had of, this can be, like, I can do this and be like this for the rest of my life. Yes, you can. That's that's exactly what we're trying to teach you. We're trying to teach you to take this on and run with it. This is, you know, this is exactly what Commit to Six is about. It's not about a short-term fix. It's about a long-term solution for what comes ahead and that's what exactly what we want oh yes 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 kelly's saying tinkering love that thank you and julia's moving to maintenance our work here is done job done (laughs) a quick question i don't eat any fish at all should i be supplementing anything probably fish oils yeah fish oils don't worry about 369 whatever it is standard once from holland home bargains I think they're three ninety nine. So I take them. Ideal. <laughs> Andy loves home bargains. Home bargains. So I I think we need to get our we need to get the podcast sponsored by Mac B Water. If you don't know what Mac B is, you don't get it in anywhere else other than Scotland. By the way, um, Mac B would be bloody lucky to be featured right, right. on the podcast. Due to the fact the amount I drink a week, crikey me, I'll be I'll be their national I'll be their national surplus. Okay, okay, Fiona. Uh, hi Emma, can overtraining make you gain weight? Maybe a stupid question, but I found the more I train and exercise, the more I weigh. I know the scales are not everything, but I am just intrigued by this. Um, no, I mean it's not a stupid question, and and I, I guess yes, because overtraining can make you fatigued and move less or might impact your mood, which might impact your hunger, which might make you eat more, but like not directly, but certainly like as a byproduct of overtraining and training too much. And we do see this quite a lot in that people train a lot, their hunger's extremely high, they end up overeating and thus they don't lose weight. And more acutely, like things like inflammation can mean that if you're training a lot, you weigh slightly more, but that there's only like that's not going to be a stepwise thing like you're not going to continue to gain weight it might just be that oh you weigh a couple of pounds more the day after a heavy leg session because there's a bit of inflammation you're not then going to weigh more and more and more that's just a fluctuation 
this is the hilarity of them. Remember seeing all these folk that used to weigh themselves before a gym session, do their gym session, then weigh themselves on the way back out. Like, you'd be actually better just going weighing yourself before a shit and then weighing yourself after. You're probably going to lose more weight. Well, it's that. essentially what you're doing, isn't it? You're just sweating <laughs> out. Yeah, exactly. I just, it's, it was one of those ones that you used to see all the time when I first work, started working in gyms was folk weighing on the way into their session and on the way out. I did see it a lot, but it was with like fighters and stuff. Yeah. I think a lot. And to I be think... fair, me and my flatmate had to do it a lot because we yeah. were trying to make weight for rowing. And I was like, oh, I wonder. What... I remember going to get my hair cut. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like I wonder if I'll make weight if I cut my hair cut. <laughs> to be fair, you've got some seriously long hair. If you were to go complete short bob, I should have that... just shaved my head. That... <laughs> do you know what? Shaved it didn't like... make it didn't make any difference whatsoever. And I was really upset. <laughs> like i cut my hair so short that i didn't even want it didn't make any difference why did i think my hair was gonna i don't even want to row anymore because my hair's not good enough <laughs> oh this is definitely one of those like the like the show band situation <laughs> what just like i don't know absolutely no freaking common sense why on earth would you think that just getting a haircut was gonna i think i had to lose like two kilograms <laughs> If you shaved your head, you would have been more streamlined and more aerodynamic. But that's yeah, on the earth. Yeah, in the it, this drastic. was like this was like um <laughs> an indoor rowing competition. <laughs> but I only <clears throat> I think it was like the first time I realised that I could probably go lightweight because I was always like and by just by cutting your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was always like erring on the side of seventy kilograms. And then, like, lightweight was, like, 62, I think, or 64. Right. And I was like, meh, probably could get there. And then I'd left it a little bit late, so <laughs> had to get my hair cut. I mean, I did make weight, <laughs> to be fair. I did make weight. Oh, happy days. Happy yeah. days. Uh, okay, no, next one up. Katie, who in, the, who in the industry do you respect but think differently to? Um, pretty much everybody, really. <laughs> Um, I love fitness podcasts, obviously including this one in the podcast, but I'm interested in listening to some alternative ones. Um, I mean, I think differently to almost everyone. And like everyone I speak to, so for example, Amelia and I have huge debates on EIQ and like the live is the lives every week are essentially us like having debates and it's only because we have such different client bases but it's very interesting to like hear it from both perspectives i think it's good to keep your mind open the only thing i will say about podcasts is it's very easy to get brainwashed because it's so one-sided i mean ours are slightly different because we've got each other and if andy says something i'm like hmm that i i would probably see that in a different way and we're quite happy to have open debates about things like that mm. <clears throat> but a lot of podcasts are just one person saying their views and if they're never questioned then it's very easy to just start following that narrative and, and it sounds very convincing so i would just come with a very like skeptical hat on yeah definitely i'll be honest with you i'm i for for me podcasts for me are actually for my head to switch off i very rarely listen to like you pinged me across a couple that i've listened to but I, i'll be honest with you i don't really <clears throat> Mine's is more music. Um, I do, I kind of immerse myself that much in stuff when I'm working and reading, etc. What music that, do you listen to? Oh, uh, I'm a proper... Country. 
Well, no, actually, do you know what I do like about a country? My all-time, probably my all-time favourite band are Dire Straits. Never um, heard of them. Yeah, ninety band for the night in the nineteen seventies. But um, do you just get bored of that because it's the must? They must only have so many songs. Dire Straits have got one of the biggest back catalogs you've ever seen. Like it's ridiculous. Mm. They're still touring now, but mine's is actually my music that I train to and is um, EDM. So like things like Hardwell, W and W, sort of like proper DJs, like Tomorrowland um, festival stuff. Um, I love my stuff like that. That's absolutely buzzing it's also the fact amount of caffeine that i probably take before a training might, session might, that might have something to do with it i don't know <laughs> quite possibly we'll, we'll I, never know nah, I, I just do you know what i haven't listened to anything that's in the charts now for probably about 10 years i don't even know what who's around nowadays um what was i going to say on this yeah i don't actually listen to many fitness podcasts again because i think mm. it's good to branch out branch out broaden my horizons um but i do listen to quite a lot of podcasts they're just not necessarily fitness related i'm like just get mine up and see what i was last listening to mine's is mainly sport to be fair it's normally whatever hannah's told me to listen to uh npr modern wisdom crypto standard (laughs) You're getting into cryptocurrencies. <laughs> Just interested. Uh, free economics, the science of success. Nice. Some real good. Some a very eclectic, eclectic um, options there. Yeah, yeah. Would would highly recommend all of. But yeah, I mean, there's loads of fitness podcasts. Hmm. There is. There is. Cool. Right. Next question. Um, Sam, squat, lower weight with full depth or higher weight with partial depth? 100% on depending on how you're made up. There's no, if you can squat deep, happy days. If you can only squat to a shallow position, squat to a shallow position. It's all about what you can load with good technique. Um, yeah, this whole ass to grass is the only squat is horseshit. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a guy who has now had two knee replacements and we've got him back squatting and he squats to just above parallel. I think the only thing I would say about squats is um, at 90 degrees at parallel, your knees are at their weakest. So you either want to drop slightly below 90 or stay slightly above. The knees at the weakest point are at 90 degrees of flexion. So just be aware of that. They're not, it's not like weak enough that you're just going to splinter and explode, but that is their weakest point. So, yeah, work from there. Excellent. I mean, it might be hard to believe given how impressive my legs are, but I don't actually squat. It's not, it's not a must do thing. And there's always a way around everything. And actually, squats don't suit a lot of people and they don't suit me. I mean, I do some body weight squats, but. Yeah. Squats aren't for everybody. Um, as much as they seem to be the between squats, deadlift, and bench, the macho exercises that everybody must set personal bests on, um, squats you can take or leave them. Like I've not deadlifted in probably probably the best part of ten years. I just don't find it beneficial. I find the risk outweighs the the risk outweighs the reward for me. For um, especially if you know back playing football, but also just I'd rather have they feel the Rather activation. Rather just do bicep curls a lot of the time. 
Bicep curls, so that's hilarious, right? This is one of these ones that everybody claims that bicep curls are not a functional exercise. So I did this functional training course about maybe 15 years ago. Probably one of the best comebacks I've ever heard on a course. So the guy's like, oh, so being all like really smart. So he was doing stuff like transverse snatches. So a snatch with a rotation or a clean with a backwards. So functional because you know like, what? Like every time I pick up my my shopping, I'm like, snatch rotation. <laughs> Honestly, so I'm sitting going, this this course is absolute drivel. I was so close to walking out until there's <laughs> what you would class as a meathead at the back, but me and him were sitting chatting. This guy competed in bodybuilding, really good shape. And the guy's like, so can anybody tell me an exercise that's not fun? Can anybody tell me a functional exercise? And uh, the guy's went, yeah, bicep curls. And he went, that's wrong. He goes, bicep curls are not functional. And he went, I think you'll find that they are. And he goes, well, well, please explain your reasoning why they're functional. He went, so I've read women's magazines. Apparently women's magazines claim that men need to have big arms to attract females. He goes, as a male, my job is to procreate. He goes, if women like big arms, bicep curls give me big arms, they'll get me girls. And the guy just looked at the guy on the course, like just went quiet. And I think everybody was like rolling about the floor laughing. It was See, probably that isn't where I thought you were going to go. But yeah, I mean, from an evolutionary perspective, that's <laughs> what. He was like going proper primal back to the, back to prehistoric times. That's what we got told. So it was like the guy didn't say much after that. Bitches love biceps. I thought it was bitches love triceps. Yeah, well, that, that's what I like to think. But also, <laughs> so functional. Like, every time you're putting... Like, you need to eat to survive as well, right? Yeah. Bicep curl. Essentially bicep a curl, bicep curl. <laughs> uh, we've got I, a question here. Good morning. Good morning. This is actually... Like, quite a lot of people are watching this, considering I thought people, you know, would be at work or something. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> um, what's the difference between commit to six and committed? So committed is the continuation program. So essentially there is no difference. You will get exactly the same support. You'll stay with your coach. You'll you'll get like updated workouts and things like that. But it's the same support, the same system, the same groups. You get us, you get everything that you get on commit to six continued. Um, and most people I would say we were talking about this before we came on like most people stay on commit to six for at least three or four rounds sorry stay on committed for at least three or four rounds after commit six that get the best results but Mm. from so actually the the difference in terms of structure is you check in on a Wednesday and um, it's a monthly rolling direct debit which you can cancel at any time yeah um, the graduate, the graduate scheme. Yes, it's the elite graduates, if you will. Oh, excellent! Oh, right. apparently um, it's a public holiday today. Oh really? Oh. We don't. We're, we're it's so funny. People. Like I never know when there's holidays because yeah. You just told. Yeah. Oh my god! It's bank holiday weekend. Huh. Yeah. Um, right. Next one up from Nikki with hormonal monthly weight gain literally two kilograms overnight, would you advise not weighing for the rest of the week till the period is over or continue with daily weighing regardless? Thank you. And thanks for the continued encouragement and motivation. You guys are just bloody awesome. Gosh, thank you. It doesn't matter. Like if it's messing with your head, don't weigh yourself. But if it's not, like we know, especially two kilograms overnight, in a way that's absolutely fantastic because 
it physiologically it is impossible to be fat like it has to be water because no way you can put two kilograms of fat on overnight so the bigger the fluctuations in a short period of time the more we know it can't be a change in body composition so don't stress about it what tends to happen and again everybody is slightly different it's slightly different here but normally when you start your period within a couple of days like the water retention reduces but equally it just really doesn't matter if it's messing with your head don't do it if it's not keep weighing and be like huh this is quite interesting this is roughly it's quite interesting to see your own pattern because it tends to be similar most months of oh yeah okay there is like four days where i weigh significantly more and then that goes again and sometimes that helps with your headspace because then you kind of expect that to happen and you're like oh i weigh two kilograms more but i know by this time next week i'll be back to my normal weight if i just keep doing the right things yeah um Quick question, which we'll answer with one word. Is the morning routine the same for the six weeks? A yes. Yes, but, yes. sorry, I want to... We'll answer with one word. Well, one word. But... When have I ever answered anything with one word? <laughs> what I will say is that if you want to tweak the morning routine to something that you enjoy or that you want to add in or that you want to take out, I'm totally fine with that. Like, it's meant to be for you. The whole point in it isn't because the things that you're doing in that morning routine are particularly special or impactful it's it's mas- it's mostly like the mindset of getting up doing something positive and then getting on with your day because that's going to impact your behaviors throughout the rest of the day so if you're like i don't want to do squats because they hurt my back i'm going to do lunges instead fine not a problem if you're like oh, do you know what? I want to add to my morning routine just five minutes of journaling in the morning just to get my thoughts out. Fantastic. Something like that. Perfect. Um, Okay, two questions. Hello, coaches. How did you all meet and start to work with each other? Including Shona too, because obviously Shona's taking some time out to to build a human. I know. (laughs) How ridiculous, right? Uh, When we met, when did we meet? We've, we have known each other or of each other for a long time. Um, pro- crikey me, probably... Like when I was at uni, right? Yeah, probably when you were at uni. So, yeah, last you know week... How, so I, I, we met through Shona, right? Yeah. Not, well, Coach Shona, but not pregnant Coach Shona. Other yeah. Coach Shona. Um, through Tom. Yeah, I through and Tom, I remember right. being like, who the... I was like, who's this girl who has like much better, like Shona's like kind of, I don't know. I saw her as like, like me, but like slightly better. Like she has the most phenomenal physique you've ever seen. And I was like, who is this girl training with my boyfriend? (laughs) 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 Who's like slightly better looking than me. And I was like, (laughs) but anyway, then I met her and I was like, okay, she's fine. She's yeah. fine. So I think, but uh, I was know. I do remember he was like, Oh yeah, I'm training with this guy. I was like I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I never said any of that though. I would have just been like, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care. Fine, I'm gonna go train with some random man. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry, but yeah, we met we met then. And then we've yeah. just known of each other, trained together for years. Every time I go to Edinburgh <clears throat> I'm always like Andy, let's let's go train, and then it was just, yeah, what, yeah, actually, when did, yeah, 
Yeah. I guess it just grew from that. About two years since we've been working with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Dream. The dream. The dream team. And to be fair, I actually haven't met pregnant Shona in person. But I've known of her for, again, I've known of her because she's obviously over social media and stuff with CrossFit, etc. So, yeah. So I think the first time I'll hopefully meet Shona before. The um, wedding. Before I get married. But um, Yeah, we Shona, all need to do a meet-up for sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, so and then we've not met Catherine in real life. I know. This is the, the, this is the, the weirdness of the pandemic. Like, you know people but you don't. It's like, I got one popped up yesterday and shared a story of one of the podcasts that we'd obviously done. And it was like, my friends who I've never met. And I was like, actually, this is like, because you're on a podcast, people are like, I know you. And yeah. I'm like, do you? <laughs> but it feels like that. And to be fair, if people listen to the podcast, they know they know us pretty well. <laughs> yeah, long distance pals is what, hashtag long, long distance pals. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, but so Shona was a client of mine for a couple of years, one-to-one. And I just thought she was so phenomenal. I was like, oh, I just really, really hope that she will agree to working with us. And she did, which is amazing. And then kind of the same with Catherine. Like she's, she's been so good on Commit to Six and so good on Committed. And like I'm like, nobody knows the program better or... Yeah. It, and, and also like as just a baseline, like Andy, Catherine, Shona, phenomenal coaches. And then I was like, I also love your personalities. So basically, I never recruit for coaches. I'm like, I'm going to headhunt you and just really hope that you agree. It's so far, it's going quite well. They, they find you. Yeah. Resonation. So I've been very lucky. Yes. Uh, so, I, oh, and a proper question, rather than just nosiness. How can I progressively overload my muscles with limited weights at home and limited time so just so can't just increase reps? Um, will there be adaptations in the program as it goes on? So this is quite a tough one, um, especially due to the fact with limited weights and <laughs> not being able to... I mean, you kind of have to do one of them, one, right? Yeah, unfortunately, what you're going to have to do one or t'other, unfortunately. Yeah, because, um, I mean, you could also say you could do more like eccentric reps, but realistically, that's just slowing the reps, so it would take you the same time as doing yeah. more reps. Like, you're going to have to Some, give on one thing. Yeah, sometimes like simple things like, you know, doing a failure set at the end. Like if you're doing four sets of push-ups, your fourth set, maximize it. Just try and get as many out as you can and just try and beat that number each time that you're doing your session, especially if you've got limited weights. But unfortunately for um, progressive overload, one has to, one of them's going to have to increase. Um, yeah, I, on that point, actually, there's really interesting research. I actually spoke about this in the podcast before this on the overtraining about one set to failure being as effective as three sets for stimulating strength responses. So you might not get quite the same hypertrophy response because we know that hypertrophy is more linked to volume, but you can still experience huge strength increases. So actually, that's a really good point by Andy. Like maybe instead of doing four sets you do two sets but your second set is to absolute fatigue yeah now fatigue for, or like failure for different people is very different that's probably something to be aware of like yesterday i did pull ups to failure and i i thought i was like i really felt quite sick like because <laughs> i <laughs> die <laughs> i thought i might die but i really like when i go to failure i'm like 
there is literally no way, even if someone was going to kill my dog, that I could go further because I'm quite good at pushing myself. But some people will think that failure is like, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit fatigued. Like mm. failure is like, I literally couldn't do another one. Yeah. Even if you gave me a million pounds, there is no physiological way I can do more. Yes. Um. Okay. Right. Ah. Ez has just written. The relationship and banter you guys have built is amazing. Well, you know. You know, bring it. It's like transformers. The transformers all joined together to make one amazing super transformer. This is what we've done. Lots of great banter pulled together. Awesome. Each of <laughs> us have decent banter, but combined unstoppable next level uh okay next question uh, okay from Brittany. i recently tried soy isolate for a change from whey mainly because i'd heard it's better in baked oats uh, when the protein and calorie content is pretty much the same soy actually had a margin had marginally more protein for the same calories is there still a difference basically is whey better than soy isolate or are they the same they're not the same. Um, soy probably won't have as good an amino acid ratio as whey protein. But if you're preferring it and yeah. there's, you know, like if there's... I would normally say go for whey unless you are vegan or vegetarian. Yeah. I think um, the, the bioavailability of the protein, I think, is slightly easier from whey. But as you said, if it's if you prefer the taste, if you prefer... Because a lot of people can't handle, a lot of people's stomachs can't handle whey. So, you know, if it helps your gut, you know, you find what works for you. You know, it's, it, they're pretty similar. They're not far out. The only one that would say is far out that we actually think we had a... Far out, of, man. Far out. Um, far out. Is collagen protein. Um, there seems to be some mad shit going on with people selling collagen protein at the moment. And the bioavailability of collagen is like next to, to zip. It's really poor. So collagen protein is just something that a lot of influencers are peddling at the moment because it seems to be something that's going around, like COVID, eh, unfortunately. Quite <laughs> so, infectious, I've heard. Is there a collagen, vaccine for collagen? Collagen's infectious. Or... <laughs> um, well, yeah, so. I would say on that, like I do think collagen has benefits, but they're not the same as whey. Yeah. It's like comparing apples and oranges. like... Should I take my vitamin D tablet or should I have some whey protein? Like, they're not, they have different benefits. Yeah. So, totally, totally. Okay, okay. From Mary, uh, how will I know? How will I know when to switch from fat loss to maintenance? Covered that. Covered that one. So, listen to if you're just, if you're pitching in, that was the first, pretty much the first question we answered. Um, Let's make this last one because my clean is coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gordon Bennett. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Did you just say Lord Bennett? Gordon Bennett. Oh, I thought you like. I thought that was like. It, like crikey me! Where are we? Lord Bennett. Lord Bennett. <laughs> um, I'm off on holiday next week and have no plans to track calories, but still be mindful in my choices. I don't want to panic on the weighing scales. Um. They fluctuate for me anyway when I return. So how long could it take to resume to pre-holiday stats? Unfortunately, how long is a piece of string? This is one of these questions that is 
it depends on you. And if your weight fluctuates already, you might find that your fluctuation comes down quite quick. Um, I generally, I personally, I fluctuate, my weight fluctuates a lot and will come down very rapidly. But there are other people whose weight may take a week to 10 days to sort of even out. Um, it's sometimes a good thing to do is to, for something like this, is, as Erin mentioned previously about time of the month, is to sort of trend it and see how your body reacts after a holiday. So you kind of know roughly how it's going to react the next time you do that again when you go away again um but yeah, yeah you just need to have your depends. head screwed on to do that the the yeah. other option is and as andy's saying it can vary but what tends to happen is like let's say you got back on the sunday night get straight back on it on or you know whatever day you get back so, so you get back on wednesday get straight back on it on thursday for a week and then weigh yourself but i mean like really get like back on track doesn't really matter what the weight is you just need to be consistent yeah <laughs> lives lives commented on this obviously what we're just talking about when andy says it depends you know it's a variable one <laughs> <laughs> well it depends it depends excellent well that was fantastic thanks for tuning in team thank you very much we have obviously we're in week two it's check-in day for commit to six i know very exciting first check-ins very exciting um but as always if you want to give us a little rate on um the podcast pop on to wherever you get your podcast from five stars is always nice that's five is nice yeah, yeah. that would six be great be better but they don't do six so. i know limiting limiting but yeah if you want to leave a review or you enjoy the podcast please do tag us share us in your stories we love seeing that and yeah. um if Any you're co- interested in coaching, Andy yes. has some one-to-one spots available. You can yep. go to esgfitness.co.uk and that is also where you can sign up for the next Commit to Six so you can be on the waiting list for the next Commit to Six and you will be the first to know when we release the, the dates. dates. Well, the dates, are, <laughs> the dates are up. Like It's the 28th of June. But <laughs> no surprises there. It's six weeks since the last intake. <laughs> Okay. Bye, team. Ciao, ciao.